Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to podcast episode number 251. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to download this episode and take a few minutes to listen about improving your tennis game. I appreciate your time and your attention very much. So today we're going to talk about when to not watch the ball. And this is probably a little counterintuitive and different from what you've heard described before, but this tip will help you play more proactively instead of reactively, which is a really, really critical element when it comes to playing higher level tennis. So I know this is going to be helpful to you. Um, I'd like to dedicate today's episode to Jenna in Toronto. I I got an email from her and uh, just a quick uh, little excerpt from her message to me. She said, my tennis journey has been at times both exhilarating and extremely frustrating as I'm never satisfied with the status quo. I'm constantly, I'm I'm sorry, I'm constantly in search of tools and instruction and insights which will help me to reach my full potential. And that I thought was just a perfect description of the people that I've always tried to attract uh, with all of my content online, including the podcast. So Jenna, really appreciate having you as a listener. Really glad to hear that the podcast is resonating with you. Thank you for taking the time uh, to let me know. So here is today's question that I'm going to be answering. And, and by the way, the Essential Tennis Podcast started off as a Dear Abby format uh, Q&A. And the last several episodes have just kind of been topics that I've wanted to talk about, but I'll probably start getting back into Q&A. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer, you can send that to ian at essentialtennis.com. And I'll be happy to do my best to get your question on, on uh, on the show. So today we have a question from a listener. I'm sorry, I I didn't get the name here, but the question is, what are some best tips and tricks for recognizing the ball earlier to prepare for a forehand or backhand? I don't seem to have a problem with my forehand, but I seem to be pretty late when it comes to my two-handed backhand. Thanks in advance. Okay, so what this player is asking about is early recognition. How can we tell sooner where the ball is going to go? If we, could, if we could tell a quarter second earlier or a half a second earlier where the ball is going to go, how much would that help us be in better balance, be better prepared, not feel as rushed, not feel as panicked in all different areas of the court, not just on the baseline, but cer- certainly at the net as well in all different phases of play. So my, my tip in a nutshell here is going to be don't watch the ball. And the kind of asterisk uh, subtitle to that is all the time. Don't watch the ball all the time. And this is one of those counterintuitive things where we've been told as tennis players so many times to, quote, watch the ball, that I think people follow that just kind of in black and white terms. And that's the only thing they, thing they focus on while they're playing their points. When the tr- fact of the matter is, there should be an ebb and flow of your eyes moving from element to element while a point progresses. I'm going to describe that to you, and it's going to make a lot of sense to you as I describe it. 
But I'll bet the next time that you go out to a court and you hit, you'll find that you haven't been moving your eyes in this way. And I'd also be willing to bet that it it might seem a little strange at first uh, following what I'm about to describe, but over time, it will help you tremendously be able to read what's coming next much earlier and much more accurately. So just imagine you're in the middle of an exchange back and forth, cooperative or competitive, and the ball's just been hit by your partner or your opponent, and it's traveling towards you. This is that moment in time, or these are the moments in time as the ball is traveling towards you, and you're doing your best to set up, prepare, get in good position, make a good swing, whatever that swing is. Those are the moments in time that you should have a narrow focus on the ball exclusively. And so this is where we don't want to be distracted by other things visually around the courts because the most important moment in time for any tennis swing is when contact is made. And so your vision should be fixed on that incoming ball so that as accurately as possible, you can line up your racket with the ball, make best quality contact possible, and hit the best quality shot possible. So from the moment in time that the ball leaves your partner's racket to when it touches your strings, that's what you should be focusing on is the ball. Where things shift is when the ball leaves your racket and your swing is complete. Now your eyes should be shifting and focusing narrowly on your opponent or your partner. And the purpose behind this is to gather as much information as possible about the next shot that hasn't happened yet. There's three different main pieces of information that you can start to gather immediately after the ball leaves your strings. You can be focusing on what their balance is. Uh, That means if they are in control of their body or not, whether they're going to be reaching and stretching for the next shot as they approach the ball, or if they're going to be calm and controlled or collected. You want to be paying close attention to their position. Where on the court are they going to be hitting this this next shot from? Are they going to are they going to be closing in closer to you or moving further away? Are they, are they going to get pulled off wide in one direction or the other? And you want to be paying close attention to their preparation. Are they taking the racket back with the racket head up and the racket face closed? And they're coiling their body. And so, AKA, looks like they're going to drive or hit a topspin shot, something more aggressive. Or are they taking the racket back with an open racket face and combined with poor balance, it looks like, oh, now they're going to hit a defensive shot. And all three of these things mix and match to create different likely outcomes. Balance, position, and preparation. Balance, position, and preparation. This is the information, the data that you should be gathering once the ball has left your strings and is traveling towards your partner or your opponent. Now, if you combine those three different pieces of data with what you've learned about your partner or your opponent, about their preferences and their past shot selections, now we have a full picture that we can call anticipation. This is what anticipation is. Anticipation isn't some magical, uh, intuitive thing. You could call it intuitive, but really it comes from seeing data. It comes from seeing different 
pieces of information about what has happened and what is about to happen. Your opponent's balance, position, and preparation combined with what you already know about their strengths and weaknesses equal anticipation. Now, over time, here's the thing. This is just like any other skill. This is just like your forehand or your backhand volley or your kick serve. It's something that has to be trained first. And then over time, it becomes subconscious. It's just like any other physical skill, uh, but this one we can't really see. So it seems like maybe uh, you're either born with anticipation or you're not, but it's but that's false. I know this for a fact because I've taught students anticipation, and uh, I know that it's a learnable skill. At first, you'll have to remind yourself to look for these things, and it'll have to be conscious effort, and it will feel forced at first. It won't feel, quote, natural. All that natural means is that it's what you're used to. So if you're not used to looking for balance position, preparation, or paying close attention to patterns and shot selections, then it won't feel natural at all. It'll feel forced, and it'll feel like uh, you're probably cluttering your mind and you'll at first it, it may even cause you to play it worse but if you stick with it and you repeat it enough times just like a new backhand ground stroke swing it starts to feel comfortable it starts to feel familiar and over time it can be trained into an unconscious automatic habit and what, once that starts to happen then you can literally start to tell the future with a certain degree of accuracy. You can start to know within a certain percentage of certainty where the ball is going before it gets hit. Before the ball even makes it to your opponent's racket, you can start to have a strong sense of where the next shot is going to come. And I can tell you from personal experience as uh, a player, myself personally, who's kind of a scrambler and a, and a hustler, and I just I just love trying to read what's coming next and, and get there. Uh, there's nothing more gratifying than having a read on the situation, being right, and using it to your advantage to come out on top, where had you just stood there and waited to see what was coming next, aka been passive about the situation, it would have been completely impossible to come away the winner in that particular point. And we all know just that one point can uh, make all the difference in a match, depending on what point it is. So if you're locked into the ball exclusively, then you miss out on all of this data. If your current habit, and it probably is, is to focus exclusively on the ball, then you're missing out on all kinds of stuff that all kinds of information that can lead you to read what's coming next. And forget about whether it's just a forehand or a backhand, which is what the question asker was uh, talking about, but all kinds of other information as well. Offensive or defensive, uh, is it going to be a slice or topspin? Is it likely going to be down the line or cross court, you know, kind of passing shot? Is it going to be a lob or a drop shot? All, all of these different types of shots and shot selections, we can start to read if we know what to look for. One other thing I'm going to throw in here, kind of a bonus for you doubles players. It's the same process in doubles, but with a slight, a slight nuance because we have double the opponents in doubles. And so uh, the eyes 
need to do slightly different work compared to singles where we only have one person to pay attention to. So um, just like in singles, you should be focusing exclusively on the ball as it's traveling towards you and you know that you are the person that's going to be hitting the ball uh, up until the point that you make contact. But once the ball has been hit, and this is especially important when you're hitting to opponents that are in a one-up, one-back position, then your eyes should be shifting first to the first player that has the opportunity to make a play at the ball. And that's, that's going to be the net player. So once the ball has been hit by either you or your partner, your focus should be going immediately to that net player. And you're trying to ascertain as quickly as possible if they are going to make a play at the ball or not. If you decide that they are not going to be reaching that ball, they're not even trying for it, and you can tell immediately that uh, they're, they're not going to be cutting it off, then your eyes should shift to the next player who has a play at the ball, the baseline player. And so your eyes need to focus and then shift from one player to the next as the ball travels across the courts. And this is important. If, uh, if your partner is back behind you on the baseline, you're at the nets, they hit the ball, and then you shift your focus immediately to the baseline player, then you're going to miss out on the possibility of the net player poaching or making a, a late move on the ball. Uh, maybe your partner didn't hit the ball as well as they hoped. It's kind of floating in the middle. And so if you're not looking at that opposite net player, you're going to miss out on the intention of the other net player to cut off the ball. And that's vital, vital information to pick up as early as possible. If you're reacting to that play by the opposite net player, then you're in that much more trouble. Time is, is the most precious commodity that we have as tennis players. And so the, the less time you give yourself to react to that attack from that opposing net player, the more difficult of a position you're putting yourself in. So moving your eyes correctly makes all the difference in the world, especially in this double situation, as there's so much going on around you and the ball is traveling back and forth, uh, multiple different players you know, having the opportunity to pick off the ball. Uh, if your eyes are looking at the wrong thing at the wrong time, then it just puts you in that much more difficult of a position. So hopefully this is helpful to you. This, in a nutshell, is a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to being proactive with your play instead of reactive. And this is a critical, critical distinguishing character between lower level players and higher level players. Low level players are just by definition reactive. They don't know what to expect yet, uh, either because they're, they haven't been playing for very long or they just haven't made any effort to play any better than how they've always played. Uh, it's just not a priority to them. And so they're not looking for these extra pieces of information. They're not looking for the edge that this kind of data can give them. They're totally uh, accepted. Uh, th rather, they're totally content with just allowing the ball to come to them and dealing with it as it comes. Moving your eyes in this way and looking purposefully for that extra information is by definition proactive. And when you can use that data effectively to put yourself in a better position and hit better shots, you will be on your way to being a better player. High level players, it's not a coincidence or an accident that they do these things. Uh, they are high level players because they do these things. So this is one of 
you know, however many hundreds and thousands of different skills that layer together to give them that level of play. So start implementing this. And as I said earlier in in the episode, don't be frustrated if it seems like overwhelm at first and you're kind of cluttering your mind with a lot of different stuff. In fact, I would expect that at first, but stick with it. And I know that in time, this will prove to be very, very useful to you. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, If you'd like some guidance on how to use your practice time more effectively, more productively, and improve your game faster, strongly recommend you go to tennispracticeplan.com. That's tennispracticeplan.com. And if you put your email address in there, I will immediately send you a step-by-step action plan that you can follow the next time you go out onto the courts and use your time with more focus, more purpose, and really make the best use of all your repetitions on the courts. It's the fastest and easiest way to improve your game more quickly. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.